Muslim Chat presents Heroes of Islam, a 30-part series on the lives of some of the greatest Muslims to walk this earth. Inshallah, today we will be covering the life of one of the great Imams of the Madahib and one of the great Imams of the Sunnah, Imam Abu Hanifa Rahimahullah. We've already covered Imam Ahmad Rahimahullah and he was someone who also took a lot of inspiration and praised Imam Abu Hanifa a lot. And again, he was a student of Imam Shafi'i, he was also a student of Imam Malik. They all, all the four Imams, all, all three Imams who came after Imam uh, Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, they were all inspired by him and his uh, and his dedication to Islam and the Sunnah. So, story of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah starts in 86 years after Hijrah, and he was his full name was An Nu'man ibn Thabit. His kunya was Abu Hanifa, so his real name was An Nu'man ibn Thabit. Now, what's interesting about his lineage is that his father Thabit. Uh, Thabit Abu Nu'man Ali ibn Abi Talib when uh, Abu Hanifa was a small child and because he was born just shortly after you know the Tabi'een uh, were first emerging he was one of those Tabi'een and when they met uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib he made dua for Thabit and for his children to be blessed and that dua that of Ali ibn Abi Talib that was answered with Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, the son of Thabit. And Imam Abu Hanifa also, as a child, he met a lot of other scholars as well, as, as, uh, and Tabi'een, and he also met the Sahabi Anas ibn Malik radiallahu And what's interesting as well is that, uh, that one of his later, one of the people who took inspiration, he was called Malik ibn Anas. They were both came from Medina. Inshallah, uh, we'll cover that uh, in the coming days as well of Imam Malik rahimahullah and also Imam al-Shafi'i. And what's unique about him is that he studied directly from the Tabi'een. Although, uh, like, unlike a lot of the other scholars, he actually began later in life to go after Islam. He was actually a merchant during his young days. And it was during these times when he was, you know, very into business and so on that he once passed by Al-Qadi al-Shabi. Shabi was one of the great judges of the Tabi'een and he goes and he calls him, uh, you know, this young man, he calls him over and he says, you're going to see uh, Imam Abu Hanifa, you know, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to the market. Uh, then a Shabi asks him, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not asking you what you're doing in the market. I mean, who among the scholars are you going to see? And Imam Abu Hanifa, Allah, he thinks, you know, uh, I see very little of them. I don't see that many scholars at all. Al-Sha'abi, he sees this great person, Imam Abu Hanifa, he sees so much potential in him. And he tells him, don't neglect them. You must dedicate your energies to knowledge and studying with the scholars. I'm telling you this because I see you're very active and alert. And that, on those words of Al-Sha'abi, those were the ones that made the most impact on Imam Abu Hanifa. And that's what brought him to the path of the, of the scholars. And where he lived, was Al-Kufa, where he lived was a place, was a gold mine for knowledge of the deen. There were all different kinds of tabi'een and scholars and so on. And the legal expert at the time in Kufa was a scholar named uh, Hamad ibn Abi Sulaiman. Hamad ibn Abi Sulaiman was the teacher of Abu Hanifa, and he loved him dearly. And 
studied under him for a whole 18 years. And, you know, even Hamad was really, you know, amazed by the potential and how attentive Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah was. You know, he used to say that no one, Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, can sit at the head of the class right in front of him. Only Abu Hanifa rahimahullah because of how much potential he has. And it's also interesting is that uh, even after uh, uh, Hamad and Abi Sulaiman rahimahullah, he passed away, uh, uh, you know, he would actually make dua for him along with his parents. Abu Hanifa would make dua for Hamad along with his own parents, subhanAllah, because of how much love and respect he had for him. And, you know, it's even important for us that, uh, we know, if we see someone who, some, you know, young, who's, you know, uh, maybe has so much potential for Islam, then we should try and bring them to the right path. We should not, you know, just say, oh, let them go. You know, it's, that's the kind of, spun, uh, you know, foster, uh, fostering. But in Islam, you know, adoption isn't allowed, but can even you can still foster through you know turning yourself into a role model for them towards the deen, teaching them about the deen and making them people who will eventually lead Islam uh, and lead the Muslims to victory. And you know, uh, and you know, even uh, when he became he started you know, his own study circle, students would praise him so much about, uh, of how he used to speak and how he used to be. He was tidy. He had a, you know he wore good perfume and so on. And uh, one of his students, Yahya Al-Qattan, he said that we signed his lesson, listen to him. Wallahi, if you looked at his face, you know, this is a man who feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All you had to see is look at his face and you'll see that he fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was not the only thing. And uh, one of the people who also praised him was Abu Yusuf, Qadi Abu Yusuf, he's one of his students. He described his character you know, greatly to Khalifa, uh, the Khalifa Harun Rashid. And, and Harun Rashid, after hearing these qualities that uh, Abu Yusuf mentioned about Imam Abu Hanifa, said these are the qualities of the Salihin. He said, you know, right, uh, and then on top of that, you know, uh, Abu Yusuf is also someone who was who could testify to how great of a teacher. You know, yeah, Imam Hanifa was because Imam Hanifa was not just someone who would just teach. He was someone who genuinely cared for his students. He would resolve all the issues and so on. And even, you know, Qali Abu Yusuf, he came from a poor background. So, you know, he was one of the greatest scholars. He came from a very poor background. And he even his family didn't want him to study the deen. Even though he loved Islam, his family didn't want him to study the deen. So Imam Abu Hanifa, he financially supported uh, Abu Yusuf and his family from his own money for te- over 10 years. SubhanAllah. That is how a dedication you know how much investment he put into the deen, and look how much, uh, look what came out from that. That great investment he put into the young man, Abu Qadi Abu Yusuf. That investment eventually, you know, has is uh, now still benefiting people to this day. And this is the importance of thinking about what will you, how will you benefit people. Benefit people doesn't mean just you know just giving charity. You educate them, you guide them to the right path. You give them, you know, you uh, you enable them to learn the deen. Allah and you know Abdullah ibn Mubarak radiallahu anhu he also said about Imam uh, Abu Hanif rahimahullah he said that I never met a man who possessed more dignity and composure in his study circle than Imam Abu Hanifa nor have I met anyone who showed more gentleness and consideration and care for his students subhanallah and and it was also you know although he was very very wealthy as a person 
also some he was someone who didn't accept gifts from other people. He would, he, all his earnings would come from himself, subhanAllah. And even though he was a wealthy person, he was generous and he was humble. He would always, you know, look for a way to, you know, spend his money upon other people. Uh, you know, help them with their needs. And even and also it's what's also interesting is that his trait that of that he would refuse gifts from the rulers and he would refuse uh you know to be connected as much as he uh, as much as he could uh, from the rulers. And this is interesting as well because this is also a trait of Imam Ahmad Rahimahullah, even after you know the Mahna, uh, he refused to let the family members of the ruling family to enter his house. Allah, these people have so much fear of you know of coming to close to the ruler, fitna of the rulers, that you know they even refuse gifts. This is something we'll find among all the other scholars as well. And this is something that uh, we see as well. If, if we, the scholars should be independent really of the rulers because they are loyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not what the ruler feels like or what the ruler says. And on top of that, uh, it was a time incident where he refused leadership. He was uh, asked to be, become the Qadi of, uh, of Kufa uh, by uh, Ibn Hubayra. Uh, who was the governor of Kufa, he was asked to uh, be a judge, a qadi. When he refused to be a judge, he was whipped uh, 90 times for refusing to be a judge, but he continued to refuse. He was whipped 90 times, and Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, uh, you know, he had so much love and respect for Imam uh, Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, that he would cry every time he used to speak about Imam Abu Hanifa being flogged. He would pray for Allah's mercy upon him, and even he did this uh, before and after he was beaten by the state for his own reasons in standing against the tyrants of the time. Allah, and this is we see this in every in every scholar. They will refuse, you know, to uh, to against the deen, even if it means they will be tortured. And this is something we also need to reflect on ourselves. Are we more afraid of the people or are we more afraid of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? This is something we really need to think of ourselves. And, even then, even with all of this, he was also someone who was very, very righteous and, you know, very pious. So, uh, Sufyan ibn Ariyana, rahimahullah, he said that in our time, no one came to Mecca who was more devoted to salah than Imam Abu Hanifa. Another person used to, uh, said that Imam, uh, Ahmad, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, used to be called a tent pole. Tent pole, a strong tent pole that stands there, keeps the house up because of how long he used to stand in salah, subhanAllah. And, and uh, it's also recorded in some narrations that he recited the Qur'an Seven thousand times his life, and that's something great. A person that to recite, you know, seventy thousand, seven thousand times uh, in his life. It, honestly, it just shows you how dedicated we, we, we these people were to the deen, regardless of what would happen to them. They were some people who loved the deen. They would sacrifice their time, everything for the deen, the money, the you know, their lives, uh, and everything. They loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is how we need to be. You have to have enough taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fear him. As people said, you know, you have, all you have to do is look at his face and you'll know that he is a, a you know a, a humble person, someone who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's also now interesting is you know, he, he's not just someone who was uh he was someone who was respected by all or, or all the scholars of his time. He was a leading authority in Islamic law. Was uh, a Shafi'i rahimahullah. He said uh, the, about uh, Ibn Abu Hanifa that all the people are in debt for their legal knowledge for the knowledge of uh, Qiyas. And Dhahabi also said that his authority in Islamic law and the, his position of legal knowledge are indisputable. And Abdullah ibn Mubarak also said, I know, uh, and others, Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahimahullah, and others also said, I know of no other qadi, no other jurist 
more knowledgeable than Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. And he will, even after his death, long, long after his death, he was respected by so many Imams all different, uh, of all different madhahib. For example, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah said regarding him, uh, though many people disagreed with him, objected strongly about some things, no one doubts his extensive knowledge and extant understanding of the law. And for example, uh, Abdul Bar also said that he was a foremost authority in Islamic law. Sufyan ibn Uyayna, rahimahullah, again, he said that I've never laid on eyes anyone like Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah. Abu Dawood said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon Abu Hanifa because he was indeed one of the foremost scholars. He had a massive impact on Islamic scholarship. He achieved wide recognition. His madhab is still prevalent in so many places, in prevalent in India, in China, Pakistan, in you know, in Afghanistan, in uh, in even in the UK, in Egypt, in several different countries, his madhab is prevalent, and this is something you know he, you can tell that his madhab, he's uh, you know he had a lot of uh, uh, you know when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala loves someone, he'll make the people love him even after his death, and we see this in Imam Rahimahullah and Imam Abu Hanifa Rahimahullah and a lot of other scholars when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala reward them all, and. As also has been recorded that even when he, you know, he was insulted and backbited by other people because of jealousy, he there was an incident, you know, where some was uh, people would insult him, and whenever he would inform that someone insulted him, he would send a message to that person which read, "May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala forgive you, for He knows that I am not as you describe me." Whenever he knows someone slandered him or insulted him, what do you say? "May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala forgive you, because He knows that I am not as you describe me," and. Once when he did so, also you know he said to him, those people around him that I've never let I've hoped nothing else except for their afia, nothing else except for their forgiveness. I have not feared for them for them anything but his punishment. He's not but praying, uh, his own personal issues there. All he's saying is I have fear for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. How will he deal with them? Uh, ignore me. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will deal with them, and his punishment is so great. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala forgive them. He's trying to encourage them. Upon mentioning Allah's punishment, he started to cry until he was shaking with tears. Another example of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah's humility is the you know a, a young man while well, he was walking down the street once, and a young man uh, runs to him. He goes to Imam Abu Hanifa, who's you know everyone knows him. He's respected. He's this big sheikh. Yeah, everyone's like he, this young man runs up to him and goes, "Allah taqshallah, ya Abu Hanifa, taqillah." Is it uh, people are like, like what? What's this guy saying? Why is he saying? Uh, he's saying to Imam Hanifa. He said, "Fear Allah, oh, uh, Allah. You have to fear Allah. Don't you fear Allah? How Allah? You know, everyone is like, what? what who's this? What's this guy? What's he saying? Imam Hanifa is completely different. He says he's, you know, he he starts crying. Some in some generation he sits down. In some he starts crying and bur he bursts into tears and is crying and crying. Being, and he, he looks up to this young man and he says, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. He says that there's people like you who give us reminders and this is a good thing. SubhanAllah, you know, he's not like other people. Other, if you go to anyone, uh, well, big scholars, they say, Astaghfirullah, yeah, they will say, well, who are you? Who are you talking about? Why are you talking to me? I'm just, I, I'm a big scholar. I know this. How dare you say, you know, Astaghfirullah to me? A lot of us will act like, Allah, Imam Abu Hanifa, he cried when he heard that. And he said, Alhamdulillah, because he knew that this person had been sent to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remind him. Because anyone who said, fear Allah to you, they have sent by Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them as a reminder to you to go back to him. And so, you know, we see this from him. He was thankful. He was grateful to Allah and the person. Yashkur al-Nas, Yashkur Allah. Allah.
And you know, there was an incident as well when, uh, again, when someone insulted him and he sent that message saying, you know, that may Allah forgive you, for he knows I'm not as you describe me. Person uh, heard this and he was felt so remorseful. He came up to him and then he started crying to, uh, in front of Imam Abu Hanifa. He said, Please grant me your uh, uh, Rahman forgiveness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala share the Rahman and forgiveness and mercy. And Abu Hanifa said, You have my pardon in my open heart. So does everyone else who has said what you think about me. My brother, there is nothing more wretched than being famous. And this is or even this uh, fear of fame, you know, a fear of being known and, you know, being popular. That's something that all the scholars had. This we see with Imam Ahmad, we see it with uh, Abu Hanifa, we see it with Imam Malik, a Shafi. Fear of fame and pride and kibbutz is what was something that was with all the Imams. Something that plagues us as well. We need to remove the disease of kibbutz in our hearts and looking for, you know, attention of followers, likes. Uh, comments and people saying, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, this brother he does so much. Oh, you know, this sister she does a lot of good." But you, she you fear that that curse of fame, something that we should all fear. It's something that you know, let let the all the uh, praise come from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Let it come from people. You know, don't let yourself become so big-headed. That you forget that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the one who gave you all those gifts and gave you everything, all the potential, so that you can actually go and do the things for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And so, just to conclude, inshallah, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, he finally passed away after all all these years of being of uh, of teaching and you know doing so much for the Muslims. He passed away in the year 150 after Hijrah. Uh, and he was around the age of 70. He left be behind the Hanafi Madhab, which I mentioned before, is one of the most widespread madhahib in the world. And Al-Hassan ibn Yusuf, rahimahullah, he said about, uh, about uh, Abu Hanifa's janazah, is that they had to offer the janazah for Abu Hanifa six times to accommodate the crowd of people in attendance. And, you know, we saw this with Imam rahimahullah. He was also summoned had so many people to come to his janazah and as we say that a person is loved by Allah people will love him and people came to his janazah that is something you know you'll see a lot of people they'll see the very very few people will come to your janazah Allah the more people are the janazah you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is love you he's showering your praise upon you we saw this you know if, for example uh, an incident uh, a few years ago uh, a doctor from the from the UK went to Syria and he was uh, he became a shaheed there and there was janazah prayed for uh, for him on so many mosques masajid all over the world so people were praying for this doctor he was he was summoned you know just well in our community yeah he became famous because of all the good he did and people prayed their janazah over him what well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he rewarded him with his mercy and that mercy he uh, sent down to the hearts of people may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon the soul of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know make us from the scholars who have humility may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the scholars who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who are generous with our wealth, even if we in uh, even we have a lot of it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us those who uh, who uh, you know control our tongues. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people who shun fame and shun you know the links to the rulers and power because we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is coming greater for us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring us together with Imam Abu Hanifa and their likes.
This was produced by the Muslim Chat Discord server, the best online forum run on the principles of the Quran and Sunnah. Find out more and join now at www.muslim.chat.